the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here with Editor-in-Chief of Being Editor-at-Large, Wyatt Donegan. <laughs> How's it going, Wyatt? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Uh, it's been a, been an interesting week, but I think we've got some good stuff to talk about. And it's been a little bit since I've been on. Uh, I've been off for a couple weeks, so I'm excited to be back in the house. Yeah, I have a... Uh... I have a episode document that I read from every week, and I don't really change it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't change the parts that are usually the same. So sometimes I say editor in chief uh, for for James in in spite of his absence, and uh, <laughs> you know I I don't know like the dichotomy of like how important an editor at large versus an editor at chief in chief is, but I'm also an editor at large of Super Jump Magazine, so together. Maybe we can at least overpower him and claim editor in chief for ourselves so. just for this episode. I think that would be fine yeah, I for think, an episode. I think that's that's kind of like a you know that the math works out there for me. I like it. Yeah, yeah. As long as we're not less than half of what James is, yeah, I guess that's fine. <laughs> that we we can all work together for it. So this is the Super Jump podcast. We talk about video games and even stuff sometimes. So get ready for that. <laughs> Uh, we've played a, a couple games, not too much for either of us since the last episode. Uh, we have a very interesting Nintendo leak to talk about, mm-hmm. and an equally interesting but much less exciting uh, Rockstar leak to talk about. Oof. But all, <laughs> yeah, real <laughs> some real not good stuff right there. All that and more in this week's episode of the Super Jump Podcast. Let's kick it off with the Playtime Report. <laughs> Wyatt, what you been playing since the last episode? Uh, so pretty much since the last episode, um, I have only been playing Black Ops 4. Um, it came out on the 12th, and since then, that's literally the only game that I've been playing. Um, I didn't expect to be playing it this much, because even though like I, I've covered... Uh, I've covered black ops or not black but like call of duty in general for the last couple of years um for the various sites that i both for rotowire and then now for for deserto so like i've covered them but i didn't really expect to to like the game that much because i haven't really been a fan of the last few call of duties but this one really sucked me in and now are you playing mostly uh blackout mode or the surprisingly other no ones? i thought that that's that I would be playing a lot of Blackout. Like, going in, I figured that would kind of be... Like, I was like, all right, I'll check out the multiplayer, but then I'll, I'll get right into Blackout. And I've actually been playing, like, probably about 90% um, uh, multiplayer. And That's, that's I, interesting. Yeah, like, they, for some reason, they seem to have kind of just struck a chord with me and really kind of just... just just hooked me in, you know, because like I said, I, I didn't expect to. Uh, I usually I'll, I'll play a little bit of Call of Duty, but then I will quickly fall away because I just was never a fan of kind of the the short time to kills and kind of like the twitch shooting you had to do to to do well. But for some reason, this uh, this one has really got me in. I've I think I've probably put in. I haven't even looked, but I'm almost probably scared to look. But I've proceeded twice now, which means I've like gone to like max level and then restarted hmm. two full times. So it's been it's been a lot, but it's been really fun, and I'm excited to play more Blackout as well because I've I've played a little bit and it's been fun. Um, but for some reason, I've just been chasing all the different 
um, camos that you can unlock for the guns in the multiplayer. So I've just been doing that over and over. But Blackout is also very fun. Um, it feels very fresh compared to um, the like after playing PUBG for so long, playing Fortnite. Blackout is definitely a breath of fresh air for the BR genre. That's awesome. I I have a few friends that are they're fans of the Call of Duty series that have informed me. Yeah, Blackout is here, and that's it's like a big different thing that Call of Duty's never had. But it's maybe overshadowing some of the advancements they've made in the regular, more traditional modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is interesting because I I haven't heard that from any um, major outlets. I've only heard that from individuals I know that are interested in the game. But it seems to be a recurring thing that comes up. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's it's crazy because like like you said, like I figured that blackout was kind of be would be the biggest thing because that's just kind of because BRs are just so hot right now. Um, but because blackout, it is very good. So I think it's like Activision and Treyarch. They kind of it's like a good problem to have because yeah, yeah you sure. got a lot of people playing blackout and it's really good. So it's like overshadowing the other good parts, but the other parts are also really good. So they just have kind of like a well-oiled product. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of, and they've, they've been making a lot of very regular updates to the game, which is not something that I've remember with a lot of Call of Duties before. Like usually they would kind of go weeks between updates, but they've been doing almost daily updates since it came out. And there's even a they're doing a, their first weapon balance like pass this this coming week as well. So like three weeks in, and they're already gonna like change some weapons and all of that. So it's uh it's been fun so far. So I'm excited to see where it's gonna go from here. Cool. Um, so if you listen to the last episode of the show, I brought on a very special guest, Peyton Wolf, um, the the middle schooler who I interviewed. And is related to me, but let's not get too far into that. Um, about Super Mario Party, I played a little bit more of Super Mario Party. Why? I think they made a good Mario Party game, which is pretty incredible at this point. Yeah, yeah. After the last couple, yeah i I was a a, a pretty big fan of Mario Party as, as a really little kid on, on the N sixty four, especially. 2 and 3 those were my jams for a while mm-hmm. and if i remember i i played through pretty much every mario party i liked 6 on the gamecube the other 3 on the gamecube were whatever i did not like 8 9 or 10 almost at all and this just feels as good to me as an n64 one just all of a sudden really? we're like, it's just wow. we're it, we're here we're like we did it we made a good mario party game <laughs> Uh, wow, man! I didn't expect that. I, I really didn't expect that because it's the same developer that's made the ones that people don't quite love. It's yeah. MD Cube. Um, so there's there's that. Have I need you played to, it? I, I need to get it. Yeah, man. I it's the perfect it's the perfect thing to throw on when other people come over. It's it's really just easy to set up and the the controls. I mean, it, they can't be too complicated because you have to use a Joy-Con on its side. So, mm. like, what you can do is already limited enough that there, there's just no confusion about it. it yeah. It, it's really, it's it's well-designed. It's a well-designed game. I, I'm just constantly impressed with it. 
I, I will say that uh, it has some unlockable characters and some unlockable stages. And the amount that you need to play the game to unlock some of the characters is way more than you would expect from a Mario Party game. Really? Yeah, just like uh, Donkey Kong is a secret character. Not really, he's on the box, but um, <laughs> he's an unlockable character. And in order to get Donkey Kong, you need to play for like at least four hours. And there's three other characters kind of like him. Oh god, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's weird that they would have it. I don't know if I like that or hate it. It's just it's weird that a game that is designed to be that accessible would have it, mm-hmm. uh, but it it does. And uh, oh, why one of my favorite aspects about the game is just how how strategic it is, because. Um, one of the exciting parts of Mario Party is how RNG based it is. You never know if your role is going to be good, if your plan is going to work out for you. Yeah. But in in this game, that's definitely still there. You're still rolling dice, um, but you get to choose which die you roll, and they all have special numbers on them, and and all this stuff. It's it, it's it's great. Like you can really plan out a, a few turns ahead in this Mario Party game. That's uh, cool. I probably like that. more than I've ever seen before. More strategy based than i've ever seen it be hmm. i like that a lot yeah because it feels like because that was the thing like the last couple mario parties just felt very diluted and mm. just it kind of they it felt like they lost like the magic that kind of made those games so fun so the fact yeah. that now you can throw in that you know you can like hey i'm gonna plan ahead and really try and nail this thing down that's like very i like that a lot so i'm very excited to try it out I, uh, for an example of, like, one thing I did once, I, every every character has access to a normal dice block, one through six, at any given time, but I was playing as Wario one time, and his alternate special Wario dice block, uh, has four sixes on it, and then two opportunities for a zero, and also you lose coins if you hit that zero, um, so it's kind of balanced like that. Yeah, And yeah. because you have such an all-or-nothing thing, it's really easy to plan out. Well, I want to go ahead, but I don't want to go so far ahead that I, I land on this red space or something like that. And there, there's always ways to think through turns. It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I really, yeah, really love it. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it's online is awful, but that's been talked about quite a bit by a lot yeah, of Yeah, and we kind of knew that, like... It you know it was like we're hoping that it it's not going to be terrible so that you know you can play with your friends online. But when they said like, hey, you're not going to actually be able to play the game, just like mini yeah. games. It was like, okay, well, never mind then. Don't, why ten, even bother? <laughs> ten of the eighty mini games are allowed to do, uh, be played online. Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, and, and you only get five of them at once. And which five you get at once, you can't even choose. It's like there are Splatoon style like times for certain collections of mini games to be played oh god why yeah it's ridiculous why and of course you can only do even that little <laughs> if you have the nintendo online account you of course yeah i mean yeah because of course you know they want you to to sell your soul and get that first of all pay for yeah basically nothing yeah again it's weird to complain about it because it's like it's like three bucks a month if you want to do it per month. Yeah, it's more. It's the principle, you know. It's like because yeah, it's not expensive at all. Like in 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 terms of 
paying for an online service uh, for like a console, you know, it's it's by far the cheapest out there. But yeah. it's still just the fact that just to I don't know keep up with everyone else, they're like, yeah, all this stuff that you used to get completely for free. Um, and that we kind of prided ourselves on giving you for free, we're going to make you pay for it a little bit, but not really give you anything else. But the things we are going to give you are going to feel like slaps in the face. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty good description. Um, that's all Mario Party, though. That's that's pretty much everything there is about it. Uh, let's move on to the Newsy Nibble. Wyatt, what is your familiarity with uh, Super Smash Brothers? Uh very very deep not as like i've been playing it since like the first one came out um there was a lull where i didn't really play it a lot because i well i don't have a wii i never got a wii u so i didn't really play smash 4 that much at all um but like over the last few months uh one of my friends are like really big into it um so i've been playing it a ton with them and i'm super excited for um for Ultimate, and, you know, like I've mentioned before on the show, I played the Ultimate demo at E3, I think, 13 or 14 times over the span of three days. So Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, even though I kind of, like, took a little bit of a break from the game for, for a few years, um, it's very much like I remember playing it a ton back when 64 came out and then playing it in high school with Melee. Um, and then now I'm, you know, very excited to, to do some do some damage with ultimate so now that the well it's very possible <laughs> that the entire super smash brothers ultimate uh base launch roster has been leaked oops how do you how do you feel about that it, how, how does like, that make you feel i that I, when that came across my feed the other day i don't remember if i saw it on reddit first or if i saw it on twitter i saw it somewhere and yeah. i was just like at first, I was like, you know, I saw the the thing that said, you know, Smash Brothers, uh, like, you know, roster leaked. And I was like, no way. They've been, like, guarding that thing <laughs> with, with a safe. You know, like, they, uh-huh. they, they, they've got a nuclear launch code type. You need two keys to turn at the same time, like, security on this thing. And then I look at the, you know, I look at the 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 post hang or whatever. On, hang on for a second. Uh, we're probably just oh, yeah. the listener at home. We're probably going to go into it. Um <laughs> So you can skip ahead. Uh, I don't. I mean, I we're. I haven't <laughs> done the conversation yet. I don't know how long it's going to last. But uh, skip ahead a few minutes, uh, maybe ten minutes or so, because we will go into the specific characters that were leaked. And uh, I know that's not for everyone. Okay, so sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely good to put that in there because some people don't want to want to know anything about it. But yeah, so like you know, when I looked and I looked at the post and you know I looked at the the poster. And I was like, yeah, that that definitely looks like it got leaked. It, it's yeah. it's still quite mind blowing to think that that it happened, and that somebody was just able to very casually tweet or Snapchat a picture of the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate roster like a month and a half before it came out. But here we are. Yeah. So. A lot of feelings about this. <laughs> uh, first of all, it sucks that it happened. This is not a good thing. No, uh, not at all. No, Sakurai is. Uh, he has an, a column that he writes on in Famitsu Magazine, where he's spoken multiple times 
about how much he hates leaks, how excited he was that the information revealed at E3 for the game wasn't leaked mm-hmm. at all pretty much before it came out. Um, it turns out it was, but it just it didn't pick up any traction. Now, yeah. like, if this is real... It, man, poor guy. <laughs> I know, especially because... You know, because like he said, like, even though, you know, on the one hand, it's sometimes because you're like, you know, you know, specifically for, you know, again, spoilers, please. If you don't want to know, please leave. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, you know, with Banjo. They're gone. Don't worry about them. Yeah. With Banjo, like, I've I've wanted him in the game for forever. And that was kind of like on the top of my list when it came, like, anytime they were talking about a new character reveal. So, like, am I happy to hear that he's in the game? Yeah. But would I have loved to see that revealed at, like, a Nintendo Direct? You know, of course. Like, I would have loved to have seen the video that, you know, whatever package that they would throw in there. Because, you know, like, can you imagine just, like, you know, it's it's over and it flips to Banjo um, and Kazooie just, like, sitting, flipping channels on his couch? Like, it just, like, it, it would have been just so cool to see that for the first time. So, like you said, it's it kind of, it sucks that it takes the wind out of the sails like it's cool to see all these characters that are going to be coming into the game but at the same time it's just like god like how why <laughs> yeah it's 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 a uh, it's it, it's rough it, it's rough um it's rough that it's leaked but two things one people are incredibly happy about it so it's not it's not the worst yeah. kind of leak where the yeah. game is misrepresented or, or something. I remember the mm-hmm. Mario and Rabbids leak was especially bad because yeah, people just heard, <laughs> man, they're hanging out with Rabbids now. That's yeah. awful. And then all exactly. the game developers got really sad about it. And that's yeah. <laughs> that's rough because that game was great. Yeah, um, it was a good game. So people are excited about this leak. It has characters people want. Um, and, 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 and two... Sakurai said in the August Smash Brothers Direct, "Hey, we're we have a a few more characters to announce, but we're going to announce them all before the game comes out." Mm-hmm. And that to me was saying like because we don't want them to leak because we don't yeah, want this, exactly. the the surprise to be ruined by someone else. We'll ruin our own surprise in a controlled way. Um, yeah, rather than say like, okay, we're gonna leave these in like as like Easter egg characters. Yeah. But then data miners would find it the minute they got the game, and yeah. So, if there are really seven more characters to announce, like this leak has, it's mm-hmm. Shadow, the Hedgehog, Ken, Mock Rider, the Chorus Kids from Rhythm Heaven, Isaac from Golden Sun, Gino from Super Mario RPG, and Banjo Kazooie. If seven characters still need to be revealed, why would you not reveal anything during October? Why would you yeah. pull them up? Yeah, that's what I was wondering because, like, when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, seven characters, and then it it didn't really dawn on me until like today when I was sitting down before we did the podcast. Like, we're at the end of October. The game comes out December seventh. We're like forty yeah. days away from this game, so it's like for there to be seven new characters when at most. They've only revealed, like, outside of E3, because E3 was just, like, them being like, hey, guys, look, here's a million characters. Like, outside of that, the most we've gotten in one Direct is, what, two? The one where we got uh, K. Rule and... Simon uh, Belmont. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that was two full newcomers, and but in that same direct, there were three Echo characters as well. That's Out right. of That's these right. seven, it looks like Ken and Shadow are Echoes of Ryu echoes, and yeah. Sonic. So this would be five newcomers, uh, five real newcomers. But um, even still, it's yeah. like, with only, I mean, because they usually only do like one direct a month. They don't really ever kind of do especially for the same game like it would i can't really imagine them doing like a direct next week and then another direct in like two weeks because they usually like to space them out a little bit more so it's like i'm very curious what their intended release schedule was for these like were they just gonna say here's you know these seven new characters like a couple weeks before launch in a direct or what so I, I have to assume that there's one final big uh, Super Smash Brothers Direct left. And mm-hmm. if this leak is real, my hypothesis for how it would go is it opens with a character trailer, probably Banjo-Kazooie. You'd want to put that at the opening now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that it's leaked. I think that's the biggest character of the leak, so you'd want to put that at the top. Yeah. So it's not just like a long wait to see something you already know is coming because at the exactly. beginning you had Mock Rider or something. Um, so you have Banjo-Kazooie at the top and then maybe you talk about the Echoes. Mm-hmm. And then you got to take a long time to talk about Spirits mode. We still don't know what that is. That's the single player probably mode that was hinted at at the end of the August Direct. Um, if that mode... It is worth talking about for a long period of time. That needs to be the bulk of the thing. And maybe that has a trailer for that mode that could have all of these smaller Nintendo characters that are being added to the game, according to this leak, as just part of the same trailer. Because otherwise, you'd have five newcomer trailers in the same mm-hmm. like presentation. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. So that's that's my take. That's what I assume is happening. Like some of these are going to double up. Yeah, I think so. It, it's got to be something kind of along those lines where they just kind of do like a like a blast, I guess. But it's still just you know, it, it just feels like okay, like why? Like I get you wanted to wait until like that one final kind of like big thing, but if I mean, because did they say, like, um, they figure out, like, where this leak came from? Like, where exactly yeah, it worked? Yeah, they did. Um, so, I wrote an article about this for Super Jump. Uh, it looks like this was a guy who works at a print shop. The, uh, a print mm-hmm. shop which is confirmed to have relationships with... Um, with Bandai Namco and other media companies, uh, Illumination Entertainment for one, the the movie studio making that new Grinch movie. Mm-hmm. So they they make banners and and like paper materials for advertising and marketing and that kind of thing. So it looks like they had a Smash account at this shop, and this guy was in charge of doing something with the design or the printing or whatever of a new version of, like, a final version of the character roster, like, the full thing. Yeah. So he, it looks like he didn't know what was up. He didn't know what he had, because he just took a video of it and said, uh, in French, fuck Nintendo, right? 
and <laughs> that he just sent it to a friend and it was a video it wasn't a picture yeah. like it wasn't even intending to share the the roster just hey i'm working so he was on just this like nintendo thing just, it's funny just right? fucking around with a picture yeah yeah he sent it to a friend and his friend was probably like okay i'll be back in a second and yeah. it shows the entire rest of the world uh <laughs> yeah and so so that's where it is we know the guy's name because he didn't cover it up completely well like on on the ui of snapchat uh so we know his name and we know his linkedin page which has since been deleted unfortunately that is what the internet does um <laughs> we we know the print shop he currently works at and also the print shop he used to work at the print shop he used to work at work at uh uh put out a message saying no that guy hasn't worked with us in like a year or so um it's not us we aren't the ones that leaked that when we want to keep a good relationship with bandai namco and all these people not us so it's this new one um and yeah we pretty much know exactly where it comes from which is scary for that dude uh yeah exactly (laughs) so it's just like god but it just sucks that because it's like okay i mean because on the one hand it's like of course you have to go and get these kind of things made because you know they're gonna use them for promotional events and all that kind of stuff so of course they need that ahead of time but it's also it's still if like if i'm nintendo it's like i'm not gonna put this full roster of things that we you know we've been trying to hold close to the vest i'm not gonna release that into the hands of people who could do stuff like this if i haven't announced it yet you know yeah 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 um for e3 you you remember how all of the smash material was not printed at all it was just on monitors at nintendo's yeah Mm -hmm. that's at sakurai's direction he said he didn't want anything to leak via prints so he just bought a bunch of they he told uh nintendo buy a bunch of monitors and we'll just do digital stuff because that's the only way we can absolutely control who sees it because Mm -hmm. we can just turn on the the monitors as soon as the people come in on the day of e3 uh yeah so I bet, I bet someone in Nintendo said, we'll do this, but dude, we can't do this too often. This exactly, is, so, yeah, this is exactly. so much more expensive. Sakurai yeah. said, okay, fine, we won't do it next time. And then this happened, which is And then this happens, awful. and he's just like, I told you guys. <laughs> yeah. Because that, I mean, because like, like what he said with E3, because as I was saying that, I was like, well, I guess they had to do that at E3. But most of the stuff that that they do, like they're, like you said, with him, with the way that he did that, he was like, okay, let's put up monitors. Um, but I mean, I guess it is kind of a, a traditional thing to just leave it up to chance and like hope that these people aren't going to, going to leak everything beforehand. But when it comes to something like this, it's like, why, why, why do that? You know, like why leave that up to chance, especially when you have these characters that you're trying to, really kind of hold close to to the vest and i mean especially with banjo like banjo is something that you know people have been asking for for years at um at e3 a couple years ago i was hanging out with some really old school games reporting people and they were sharing stories about how like in the 90s for e3 they would get their scoops ahead of everyone else because they would sneak into the show floor pretending they were developers and just look at people's booths and if if they saw a sign for anything, they would just say like, "Oh, that's a completely new game they haven't announced yet." So, so they would just get their scoops that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it's telling that 
you can't really do that as well anymore. Now you yeah, try that and you get shot. <laughs> like you don't. Yeah, they make it very hard to to get into those places for sure. Yeah, but I'm I'm curious now, like kind of how how this might kind of affect the industry because I mean we've seen leaks before, but with with something kind of this big and for it to kind of get leaked in such a, a nonchalant manner is I wonder if it's something that's gonna kind of trigger other de- or other publishing companies to be like, hmm, maybe we should rethink kind of our, our like marketing strategy to try and make sure that this doesn't happen to us. Yeah, it's always a factor of how many people are excited to see the leak as well. Like yeah. I not not to talk bad on Assassin's Creed, but Assassin's Creed leaks all the time. And it's just yeah, not that nobody big of really a deal, cares. it seems. It just doesn't matter as much. Well, so, yeah, because a game like that, you know, because that's, that's a game that basically you can almost bet, you know, a lot of money that it's going to come out every year. And, you know, it's kind of like a Call of Duty thing. So it's like whenever, because like Call of Duty's always leak ahead of time as well. Like those almost never, like Activision almost never announces what the name of the new Call of Duty is before it gets leaked by someone but it's never really usually a big deal because everyone's just like oh like we know there's going to be a new a new call of duty and because two different companies work on them you can almost guess which one is coming next so like when black ops 4 got leaked it wasn't really a surprise because you're like oh it's treyarch's turn and they lost it black ops 3 so this makes sense right yeah for sure um I think just when you make something as high profile as Smash, the force of the outside world into Nintendo, like Nintendo can have all the money they need and all the strategy and personnel they need to keep it secret. And it just everyone else in the world is too great of a force to fight. You know, yeah. everyone wants to know. I, I saw a few people that were trying to stay spoiler free for this game and just it didn't even work. People are talking about it on Twitter like it's not even a spoiler. It's just a thing to know. Um, yeah, exactly. Which I don't really blame them for. It's part of the like the conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, you, so you said you, you were excited for for uh, Banjo. Me too. What yeah. what's your what are your thoughts on the rest of the characters? So like the rest of them, you know, they're. I think outside of I mean, I guess I can see why these were the leftover characters. Um, because it feels like, you know, Banjo is like the big one that I think intentionally they were probably going to save for the end of that last big, uh, Nintendo Direct. So like that was going to be kind of the last big announcement before we get our hands on the game. Um, because of all the characters that new characters, like I guess Ridley was probably the other one that was like people have been waiting for for a long time. So it makes sense they did that one at E3, but like, I think Banjo was probably really big, but the rest of them... It, the, none of them are kind of like groundbreaking, I guess I would say. Like they all seem like because most of them are kind of secondary characters in yeah. Nintendo or just video game lore. Like Ken makes sense because they've introduced so many Echo Fighters. Like I mean, there's like you know 15 Echo Fighters for uh, uh, Fire Emblem, so it's like why not do like you know reuse basically his like yin and yang character. Um, cause they, they have the same moveset basically in Street Fighter already. So it makes it easy to make that in Echo. So it's like, that makes sense. And then the other ones like Shadow being 
an echo for Sonic, that also makes perfect sense. Um, and then as far as like Isaac and Mock Rider, Gino, the Glee Club, those are all kind of secondary characters, right? I feel. Yeah. So those are ones that I think they would be okay with just kind of dumping into the middle of a direct because it's like like they're cool and fans of those franchises are of course going to be you know happy to see them, but they're not ones that I think are like shaking the ground. So it kind of makes sense why this is the particular bunch that's left. Well, speaking of shaking the ground, King K. Rule, for our, our uh, season two finale, we interviewed the Kremlin campaigners, the, the guys on Twitter <laughs> that are most likely most responsible for organizing the K. Rule fan base as much as it was and <laughs> probably winning the ballot, the, the smash ballot that happened in 2015 for, we don't really know the results, but we're yeah. pretty sure K. Rule won. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, Characters like Isaac aren't the most recognizable characters, but they're also things... Isaac is right there with Ridley and K. Rool, how people have just been wanting him forever. But unlike Ridley and K. Rool, they're, they're maybe on the same level of popularity, but Ridley's from Metroid, which is much more yeah. popular. And Isaac is the protagonist of his game, but that game is Golden Sun, which is much smaller than Metroid. And yeah, it, yeah. it, 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 it was always a, a question of would this thing matter enough to Nintendo? And it's looking like the, these are all small things to Nintendo, but they were really big in the Smash speculation community, especially Gino, which I, I talked about that one before, but like, I don't know. I was going to say, now that I think about it, I was like, is it? Because now that I realize that he's from Mario RPG, I was like, isn't that the one that you were talking about that people were like randomly yeah, wanting in the game? <laughs> yeah, and it's happening. It happens. Uh, That's <laughs> It's owned by Square Enix, and they, they went through all of the th- trouble to get a third-party character just for Gino. Just for Gino. <laughs> just for Gino. It's not even a Nintendo thing. Uh, uh, yeah, and then amazing. Rhythm Heaven is a big thing, so that I guess that makes yeah. sense. It's Rhythm Heaven is the highest-grossing IP that Nintendo currently owns that is not yet represented in Smash. Uh, so that makes sense. Hmm. Banjo-Kazooie yeah. is the highest... Uh, grossing IP that Nintendo has ever owned that is not yet represented in Smash, but they'd no longer own Banjo-Kazooie, so that's... Yeah. Yeah. So to have both of those in the game, it really feels complete. All Like, the only thing that would be really, really, really high up there that isn't there yet, I would say, is, like, ARMS. And then ARMS could just happen in DLC. And then Smash yeah, would exactly. feel very complete for, like, the first time. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the the characters that were... Leaked. yeah i hope it's true um yeah exactly yeah. yeah it feels like this roster is very like just looking at this poster like they've like almost literally hit every corner of the nintendo like universe so mm-hmm. i mean it's like what more can you really ask for yeah like they they've really just added you know they've got everything in there for everyone so it's it's gonna be a, a crazy game it's going to be a really crazy game. Um, speaking of crazy games, I'm I'm on fire with these segues that I ruined by talking about how my segues are good. Let's move on to actually dating Toe Jam from Toe Jam and Earl at Hot Topic. So Red Dead Redemption 2 recently came out, but before it did, Jason Schreier, who we've talked about on the show before, he's kind of a rock star in games journalism right now. Yeah. Uh, reported on Rockstar. And it's not great. 
<laughs> there are so many yeah. workspace labor violations going on at Rockstar yeah. that perhaps aren't strictly illegal, but are really, really not good. Did you read the article? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't gotten a chance to read the entire thing because it is quite a doozy. Um, but I've read through like about half of it. Um, and even just reading through like the first, you know, half of it, you kind of get a good idea. Like I haven't got into a lot of the specific stories that I know he lays out later on, but just kind of even just hearing him set it up, like it's just not, it's not good, but it's also not surprising, which is kind of bad. Yeah, you hear a lot about how uh, the games industry in Japan specifically is really, really uh, breakneck and, and rough. It's just you need to be hardcore dedicated to your job uh, mm -hmm. in order to hang. Um, what you, you hear about it less in America, but it's definitely it definitely seems to be the case that it's the same. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, individuals coming out talking about their time in American studios recently, Rockstar being, you know, the, the, the focus of that, but it seems to be happening everywhere. The, the main culprit of... Uh, of all of this is crunch when you get really close to the release date of a game you realize you don't quite have a good time to work left ratio so you need to crunch you need to do a lot more work than is necessary or expe uh, expected to be possible in a very short amount of time and games like grand theft auto and red dead redemption rockstar stuff where there's just these huge open worlds that don't sacrifice graphical fidelity, that don't sacri sacrifice um, mechanics or story or art style or sound or anything. Like, everything needs to be turned up exactly to 11, no less. You're going to crunch like hell. Like, it's going to yeah. be really bad. Um, and it, it is bad. It, it's it's shown to be bad at many different studios at Rockstar. Rockstar is a very big company with a lot of branches. And Schreier goes into how um, some branches are better and worse than others. Mm -hmm. The San Diego branch sounded pretty bad. And the Lincoln in, in the UK branch, sound uh, he, he specified as being the worst of what he'd heard. Um, wowzers. It really does not yeah. sound good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just because, you know, like you said, like it's something that you hear about crunch quite frequently. And I guess it kind of makes sense because these games like so much has to go into these games. But it also just it's just kind of sad that like this is sad for the people that have to do this, that like this is becoming the norm that being expected, because I think one thing that really stood out to me with kind of the general theme of the entire article was um, the people saying how, you know, cause like the rockstar people like, uh, like figureheads that are kind of talking about things like the executive management or whatever, the ones that are speaking, they're like, Oh, you know, these are voluntary. These people are doing this. You know, they wanted to put in this overtime. And a lot of these people are like, no, I didn't. Like I, I felt that yeah. this was expected of me. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what has just really stood out to me where it's, you know, it, it sucks for these people that, you know, they're doing what they love to do, sure, because, you know, they love making games, it, you know, these are passion products, they like seeing the fruits of their labor, but at the same time, they're, they have to dedicate 
almost their entire life for long stretches of time just to get this out. Right. For, for sure. It, it's, um, there, there were a lot of accounts in Schreier's article that basically said, no, I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. I know that it's required for a game of this scale. I, I know what job I signed up for. But what really gets me is the denial from higher-ups at Rockstar that anything like that is even mm-hmm. happening. Um, because they want to be recognized for their work. Um, although some people were not okay with it. like it, it differs from person to person, especially from branch to branch. Speaking of being recognized for your work, though... There was, this is probably the most frustrating part of the whole article for me. There was a quote from a higher up at Rockstar who she she very matter-of-factly said, oh, we've never had a policy where we let people who aren't working at Rockstar when the game launches be in the credits of a game. They are not allowed in. <laughs> they are not allowed to be in the credits, even if they worked for years on a game. If they aren't working within like two weeks of when the game launched, they're out of the credits. That's insane to me. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. Because, like, you know, and I guess from from their perspective, like from the from the higher ups perspective, they're like, oh, it's just your it's just your name. Like, it's not a big deal. But it's like that's that's your recognition. Like, this yeah. is your your hard work. Like, yeah, a lot of us don't really go through. Like, you know, most people skip the credits, or you know, because you're not going to sit there if you don't have to you're going to just kind of move through. But if you can, you know, play a game and then you can pinpoint your name on the credits and like tell your family or tell whatever, you know, you can say like, look, this is my name in Red Dead Redemption 2 or in Grand Theft Auto 5, which is like the most profitable video game ever or some shit. Like, you know, to to say like, hey, this is my name in this game, that's huge. And for them to just take that away just because you don't happen to work for the company anymore... It's like, come on, that just feels very petty. Especially because there's a lot of people that are working only on contract, and when the game is closing, uh, close to release, like when the game goes gold, mm-hmm. unless you're also working at something else at Rockstar, you're likely to be let off your contract. So it's not even a choice for you. Yeah. You're just out, and they don't care. And they don't care that you're not in the <laughs> credits because of their own rule that they made. That's it's just I can't think of anything more frustrating than that, honestly. Yeah, that's it, it just, crazy. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, and it's just like this is just another thing that you know. Because a couple of weeks ago we talked about um, with Telltale Games and kind of how that kind of shook out. So like this is just another example of you know executives making decisions at companies that you know, they just, it's like they don't understand kind of the full extent of what those decisions are going to do to the people that they, that work for them. You know, it's like to them, these are just small things, but to these employees, it's like, this is everything. Like, you know, it's, yeah, you took your name out of a credits. It's literally just like a name, but that's, that's the, you know, that's your proof that, Hey, I did this. Yeah, sometimes employers, if, if you put a, uh, a project on your resume, sometimes employers will check the credits of the thing in order to, like, validate that. And if you're not there, they'll assume, well, I guess it's yeah. possible that this guy worked on this, but mm-hmm. it seems more like he's lying. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, and that's, yeah. that, that seems like a reasonable thing to do as well, because anybody could just put any game on your resume. And because mm-hmm. thousands of people work on games, it's not, you know... 
it's it's very likely that you probably did work on it because there's just so many people that work on these games but you know having the credits is a good way to check that so if you just happen to, <clears throat> to take someone's name out just because they don't work there because their contract ended or, or what have you it's like you could be not only are you robbing them of kind of their their due for this uh for this accomplishment but you might be impacting their ability to get employment in the future because people may not believe that they worked on this game i used to manage a store and when i did that um i i did hiring and i don't think i ever did anything like that because the people that are coming to work at my store weren't going to be having their names in the credits of things but you do get the idea that some people well to be honest a lot of people do blatantly lie on their resume Mm-hmm. and yeah. you need some ways of checking it taking away people's recognition for things they did do is is just man i think that's evil i think that's really really yeah. up there like i mean if it's a situation where like an employee i don't know like stole trade secrets or something sure. yeah and left like okay sure take that person's name out because they violate like if they if if they were fired for violating a contract or doing something illegal or unethical, whatever. But, like, if it's just a matter of, you know, they finished this game and they either they voluntarily left because they got a better, like, they're going to work on a different game. Or if, like you said, they just worked on a contract. If, if, if it was, like, a non, you know, illegal thing and if it was just kind of a mutual, okay, hey, I'm, I'm done with this job, I'm moving on, which I feel like is pretty common in the game development world just because there's so many people that need to be on for making so many games like to take that away just feels it just feels unnecessary so there's a big conversation about unionizing right now Mm -hmm. um there is no standardized union for any aspect of game development except voice acting at the moment Mm -hmm. and i really think that's gonna change soon i'm optimistic I, i i think there will be programmers and artists and uh executives even unions for 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 game developers it's just not happening yet it's it doesn't seem to be happening yet articles like this and uh outrages like telltale games mm-hmm. they i really hope they're working towards something i hope this isn't just another thing in the middle of a long history of injustices in the games industry. I really hope this is pointing towards some sort of system that, that helps out these developers when, when they need it. And that can have rules about who is going to be credited in, in games and, and things. The, yeah. we, we both live close to Hollywood in Hollywood in, in uh, there, there, there's been acting guilds and directing skill, uh, directing guilds, uh, uh, a lot of editing guilds, things like that. Pretty much a lot of every aspect of working on a movie, except post-production, I know it's a problem in post-production still, mm-hmm. has a union that helps these people, even if you're disgraced, even if you're like booed off the set for being way too drunk one day and you're not in the final cut of the movie, you're in the credits. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, you're you're there. It, you have to be. It, it's a union. And sometimes, like, there, there's... I know a lot of people that aren't happy with specific rules that their unions uh, give that either slows down production or actually backfires sometimes. But in general, it has to be better than what's going on now. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, it's like there there might be small aspects that 
you know, may not go your way because, because when you unionize, like you're not going to get everything you want because it's very much a, a give and take between, you know, the union and whatever industry you're working in. But it, like you said, it's got to be better than this. Like it's got to be better than not getting your name in the credits, having to work hundred hour work weeks, um, you know, getting, getting let off of projects without any notice and not getting any sort of severance pay or anything like that. Like in the case of telltale games, um, it just feels like there's so much of this happening over the last few weeks. Like I really hope that they are unionizing and that they're going to get that kind of going sometime soon because this shouldn't happen. Like, you know, these people shouldn't have to go through this. You know, they put in so many hours on these video games and I mean, number one to have to put in these ridiculous crunch hours period is kind of crazy in itself. But then to have the other problems on top of that of not getting credit and then like telltale just kind of getting knocked off a cliff randomly um without any sort of notice it just it's just so bad you know it's just it's just bad for these people and it's bad for the industry because it just makes everybody look bad people go through jobs so quickly in the video game industry that they get hired and fired at seemingly random intervals uh, which makes unionizing difficult because you want to create a union of all of the major, uh, like all, all of the major businesses employees, but they're just recycling employees so fast that like, who even are those people, you know? Uh, yeah. so that it, it, it creates a, an issue there, but I'm probably not the most well-versed or researched person to talk about it. And I don't want to do any more harm than I am doing good. So we should probably move on. <laughs> Uh, you can write into the show at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. For a while, I lost access to that account. I didn't tell anyone because I wanted to seem strong. Uh, <laughs> but I did, <laughs> I did lose access to that account. I just got back into it. Uh, so feel free to email that account. That's podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. Uh, and, and we can answer any questions or field any comments that you might have. So let's get ready for our after-school activities, the things that we like to give as homework to our listeners. Uh, in between episodes of the show, I will go first. Mine is a YouTube channel. His name is Panencoek2012. That's P-A-N-N-E-N-K-O-E-K 2012. And man, I love this guy. Have you heard of him? I have not, no. I, I was hoping James would be on this episode because I wanted him to remind me if I've said him for an after-school activity before. Uh, <laughs> we've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> uh, he He's great. He plays Super Mario 64 so much. And he he's not a, he's not a Let's Player. He's not like a commenter or anything. What he does is he looks at the uh, the mechanics of the game and just like how things are programmed and how they're coded and, and he's really only focused on Super Mario 64. He did one famous video that I would recommend to anyone as as his uh, like a starting point. It's also his most recent video. He hasn't updated this channel in a while, but I would still point people toward this channel. Um, mm -hmm. the, the video is called Watch for Rolling Rocks in 0.5 A Presses which basically means he pressed the A button a half of a time in the entire uh, process of getting to this one star in Super Mario 64. 
Uh, he does a lot of videos just focused around, hey, can I do this part of the game in as few A presses, like the jump button, as mm-hmm. possible? And the the way he differentiates between a full A press and a half of an A press is really funny. And he goes into all types of details, and he's he's well enough spoken, and he uh, he he can explain what he's doing very easy. It's easy to understand. It's just great. I I totally recommend checking out Pan and Coex 2012. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I like that. I mean, because that's along the lines of kind of like what speedrunners do, you know, yeah. doing like weird things. So that's uh. That one, like, 0.5 A presses to get to somewhere. Because I'm just trying to think, like, how like how would you move around without really pushing the jump button? Like, you can do a lot. You, can, I mean, crazy. this one, the, the, star, the star in the video I recommended specifically is the result of, like, a, a wall jump challenge. And so, like, how can you get through that if you don't jump at all? And the way he does it, he he goes through like parallel dimensions, not an exaggeration, in order, to, <laughs> like literally. He he explains it all. It's great. Uh, go That's go cool. check it out. Definitely. What is yours? Um. So mine is gonna be. Uh. So there's a video, the latest video on Nade Shot's uh, YouTube channel. So Nade Shot is um, he is the owner of Hundred Thieves. <clears throat> They're an esports organization. Um, he is a, he himself is a former Call of Duty uh, professional player. He won world championships back in like 2011 or 13, I want to say. Um, I love how that makes you like a really old guy in esports years. It, yeah, right. I think you know he's. I think he's like maybe 28. It, if that, honestly, like he's around like my age. Um, but he's yeah, he's like one of the like veterans, like ultimate veterans in the call of duty scene which is yeah esports is it's it's a completely different world honestly it's very strange um but along with it being strange um so he has a video on his channel where he talks about how he got drake uh to invest in in his organization so that yeah that's drake as in hotline bling god's plan playing with ninja drake like oh and then i'm back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly we yeah, have Drake yeah. on the podcast with us right now guys yeah um, hey, well, hey. <laughs> but yeah so so that guy like he invested and is the co-owner of an esports team so um so in that video Nate Shot kind of talks about how that process went and just kind of how that seemingly random union came to be um, and there's been a lot of those in the last week. Like I was telling Mitchell before we got on, you know, a nade shot happened on, I think, I want to say Wednesday or Tuesday. And then a day or two later, Michael Jordan invested in the parent company of an esports team. Um, and then just yesterday, Epic Games announced that they uh, raised $1.25 billion with a B. Wow, um, man. dollars of investments from like I think seven or eight um, Silicon Valley venture capitalist firms. Um, so like, it's it's insane the amount of money that kind of is floating around gaming and specifically esports because the Epic Games one isn't technically all esports because Epic Games. I mean, yeah, they've got Fortnite, which they're trying to do esports, but they're also just a game company. 
the um, economics of, but... of esports just don't make any sense to me because i know it's huge i, I i've been to <laughs> tournaments for things in the past like i understand how big it is you can't make your money back. like i don't understand how you could possibly make your money back on like advertising for for who is this a, a financially wise idea i i don't know but it seems to just continue to happen like it is a wise idea yeah. and i just don't understand it yeah, it's very, it's, you know, I mean, I, like, I get it from, from, like, my side of things where, like, I write, and so it's like, okay, yeah, we write stuff, people read our shit, and we get, like, you know, the ad revenue and stuff, so it's like, that makes sense, but for, like, the organizers and, and the teams, it's like, okay, the teams are, I mean, I guess, you know, a lot of the teams sell merch, but, and then I guess they probably make off of whatever the, the players win, and whatever streamers they have and all that, but it's just, uh, it's, it's mind boggling the amount of money that kind of gets thrown around, it, whether it be prize pools, like Epic putting up a hundred million dollars for their first year of esports, um, to these huge investments to just everything. It's like, everything is always millions. Like there's no small things that are happening. Everything is, is millions. <laughs> they, wow yeah yeah all always it's always humbling to see an aspect of gaming that like you don't understand after following it for as many years as as someone <laughs> like me has been and i don't even think i don't understand it it's just like it, it it's just the emotion awe it's just awe i'm i'm in awe constantly of what's going on yeah yeah i think that's what it is like even from my position it's like yeah it's like i get it and like it's cool it's like I understand. I mean, I understand some of it. I don't understand all of it, obviously, because I'm just sure. like I don't. I'm not on the business side. But even it's still just. It's just I'm always in awe, just kind of looking at like whenever I'm at events or whatever. It's like I'm just looking around, like this is you know it's crazy that I'm here. Whether it be you know in Vegas at like the convention center where they sell out the whole arena for fighting games, or watching Worlds for League of Legends that sells out soccer stadiums you know in korea and china so it's like it's just kind of amazing to see what's going on in video games right now yeah i was at a dodger game recently for uh for the playoffs and mm -hmm. just the amount of pageantry and history that there is at the at the dodger stadium is it it, it makes me wonder like will we get there do will we will we get to that <laughs> level and in if we do get to that level will it feel like this or will it feel different uh yeah. and it's it, it, it we're we're not that young anymore like as as an industry mm -hmm. but it still feels very young in comparison to a lot of what's around it interesting stuff uh so yeah. the theme song has been by jamitar jamitar is great and does good theme songs that's the slogan for jamitar uh please remember to like comment subscribe anywhere that is possible not possible too many places because those are youtube things but subscribe is for sure a thing review us on itunes if you can tell a friend if you can any of that it always helps where we uh advertise mostly by word of mouth so if you uh, could tell people about this wonderful show that is the Super Jump Podcast, we would be there, uh, very, 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 very thankful for that. So until next time, thanks for listening, and stay super! super.